All right. We have got another cryptid tonight. We are going to be talking about a creature that terrorized in the 1950s, the countryside of Bladenboro, North Carolina. It, December 31st, 1953 was the start of this. And we've brought back Thomas Cardos from the North. Let's see, I just did it again. <laughs> It's 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 NCCPP. It's that um, it's see that's I think it's it's what we're gonna have him back and say it because every time I do this and I, I overthink it and I always screw it up. So when we drive back, Tom Cardos is gonna be here from North Carolina Cryptid Paranormal Project. I think I got it right that time. I think I think we'll find out when he's back on. So everybody, hold on and just pr pray for me that I got it right this time because you never know. Welcome to the Three Beards Podcast. My name's Craig, along with Austin and Chris. Passed to a new generation of Americans born in this century. Let me out. in this episode at this time we're going to bring on tom cardos how are you sir what's going on guys from the north carolina cryptid paranormal project see i yep. I, I, I looked it up real quick i did get it right got it right yeah all right yeah you know the sad part is everybody before we went live i even practiced it and you said i nailed it perfectly and then we get into the thing and my mind just went gone it's absolutely gone which is not a, not a surprise for anybody that watches this put you put right. you under the pressure man that's what happens bro you know, sometimes <laughs> that, that little bit of pressure just kind of drowns but, it out you know i mean it's you know it's you'd think after a hundred and some episodes you know you'd have this thing down no no and that when that little live thing comes on it's like your mind just goes blank and you're just like staring at it like oh what do i do yeah so like we tease, we are talking about the Beast of Bladenboro. Uh, I'm going to put up a couple pictures here real quick so everybody can kind of see what we're talking about here. What, first off, we're going to do the, we're going to kind of do the, one of the more official ones that they had here. And this is, this is one. So this started in the 1950s for everybody's listening here. This, this is the depiction of, yeah, and this and there's another one that's a little bit more cartoony that's you know I really liked too. I kind of like like the way this one came out myself. They for anybody that this is a little known one to me. When you brought this up that you you know you suggested, hey, can we talk about this? I was like, yeah, I'm like, I've never heard of it before. And so I looked into it and 
basically what we'll start with is the initial thing. It was December 31st, 1953. Uh, a resident in Bladenboro found two of his dogs dead. And they had been, you know, they, they basically torn into ribbons, crushed, and significant blood loss. I mean, they'd just been mauled. So right on the outs, outsets for myself, I'm thinking, as I'm doing the research, you know, cougar, bobcat, you know, you've got something that's going to happen. But then as we get into this thing, you'll see some of the things don't lend to what even a cougar, puma, I mean, this could have been something 1950s, very easy for a puma to have even made its way up from South America, you know, worked its way up. Cause I mean, down in Florida, you know, we have the, there's the black Panther, you have the Panther sightings. So it'd be easy to get something of a larger size, but, and you know, and then when I had somebody mention like Tom, am I breaking up to you by, at all? Sound great. Okay, perfect. Yeah. Somebody was just saying, it sounds like you're getting breaking up. So, but this, as you're going in here, there's some of these characteristics then uh, I'll let you kind of go from there that this is not what a cougar attack, mountain lions, jaguars, you know, whatever that size cat, even lions don't do this when they attack. And so, and I'll let you go from there. Like what you, um, kind of start off what you found and what you're in the initial thing. And then we'll kind of go step-by-step step for people for anybody that doesn't know this, get anything, but I'll let you get your first take on what your thoughts were about some of the, the mayhem that this creature was causing. Yeah. You ready? Yeah, go for it. Okay. Well, I know you said December 31st, but there was actually um, an encounter December 29th in uh, Clarkton, North Carolina, which was, I don't know how many miles it mm -hmm. was. It wasn't that yeah, far. From, it wasn't that far from Bladenboro, but you know, a woman, you know, her dog was barking and she said, it was like a feline looking thing and it was kind of making that like feline screams. And she said from her account, it looked like a lion and a bear. Um, so that's what she, she kind of took down. And then like that, then you started having this, this, uh, these events happened along Bladenboro in the count of the County of Bladen in the town of Bladenboro. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's crazy that this was happening. So um, the audacity of, of these killings, I mean, these things were, it was only going after like livestock, like if we were talking about rabbits, dogs, whatever was outside being left outside overnight. You know, you had these things were having like their their necks, you know, their jugulars were getting you know ripped open. Um, they were being drained of blood. And at one time, they were calling it the vampire beast. Yeah, because that's what they were referring to. Because you know, vampire drains your blood, and that's all. But they they'd come out, and that's what they see. These things have no blood in them. But the thing is, the way technology was back in the fifties. I don't know if they were able to tell if these things, because sometimes the way the body works, sometimes your blood will go to one area and it'll settle one area and you can't see um, from the, from the main part where you're looking at, you know, you're not going to go check down by the legs or the backside. You're going to see where the neck is and the head. And if you don't see blood there, you're going to think it was drained completely. But needless to say, I mean, it could have been a cougar. It could have been um, some kind of mountain lion. It could have even been a, a, a large bobcat that maybe was, um, interbreeding with something of a, like a, like a cougar or a panther, because there's a lot of accounts of these um, large panthers along the Carolinas too. That's where they got the name. The Carolina Panthers football team was a black panther. And that's, a, that's considered the wampus beast, a wampus cat. So, yeah. And that, I think that one in, especially that one, as you were saying, that I was looking at her too. 
I I think when they described it as sleek black and about five feet long, that sounded kind of like the panther, like yeah. some something of that size. Just because that one, I've heard there were even talks of you know they look like bears, they look like this, and but as we were as we were talking, like one of the tracks, and I think you, know, you came across this. They said the tracks were the size of a silver dollar. I'm assuming that they're talking that the shell to where it's the larger one because at three minutes silver dollar that's not that big yeah silver dollars maybe a, a bobcat or like a, you know maybe a little yeah. lynx or you know whatever wildcat smaller wildcat lynx bobcat anything right. that that size is going to be about a half dollar of print when you get start getting up to something bigger up to 100 pounds because they were saying it looked like it was about a, you know, up to 100 pounds five foot four to five foot long 24 inches at the shoulder base I mean, that, yeah, that's that, not leaving that's a little. Perfect, that's a perfect uh, description of a, a panther or a mountain lion. Yeah, that big. Yeah, that big paw imprint is going to, because something that small is not going to, what, 20 pounds isn't going to put a big print down on the ground either. So, yeah, so we'll kind of, so like you said, that first one that was, that we know of that was related to this one was December 29th, 1953 mm-hmm. in Clarkton. And then December 31st, 1953, the two dogs. And this was Johnny Voss or Vaus, I think. I'm, kind of, I'm not sure how to pronounce his last name. Um, this one, uh, his account was that the dogs put up a really good fight. There was blood all over the porch, big puddles of it. Mm-hmm. Um, it. There was even what he described as like possibly like a pool of saliva. Yeah. And that it killed one of the dog and left it lying there. He... Um, he said his dad wrapped it up in a blanket, and then when he came back, um, the dog was gone. So some, so whoever had killed it actually returned, took it, and left. So I, first thing that pops in my head is the movie Predator. Mm-hmm. So you have you know the, the killing, and then all of a sudden returns to collect, collect the body. And we've got um, then we have after that you say you found it. Um, there was the other dog that was killed. Um, they found it three days later, and the top of one of the dog's head was torn off and completely crushed. And that thing, uh, and that one, for me, that's the part where we kind of took, where I've never, I don't know of anything where a mountain lion or anything crushes a skull unless it's a small animal and it bites down. Mm-hmm. But something large like a dog, it, it, I don't, I could be wrong. I mean, not anything, but I don't know of that it has that bite force that a mountain lion or panther actually has the bite force to crush a skull. Yeah. I don't think so either. I see a question about the elevation by, by M.A. Allen. Mm-hmm. Um, M.A. Allen, the elevation, it's not really high elevation because this is about an hour and 30 minutes from the shore on the Carolina coast. And Bladenboro is a farming community. It's like pretty much a flatland farming community, which is kind of outskirts of woods that surround tap to towns. So it's not really a huge mountainous area. Like, like some parts of North Carolina, like Asheville, um, and uh, Rocky Mountain, Grandfather Mountain, and all that, where, where the mountains are real high, like near the um, the Tennessee and, and the uh, Appalachian Trail Mountains. So this is a, this is a lower elevation land. So this could be, you know, it could be something coming. You know, it, it could have migrated from the mountains as well. It, it could have very well been something yeah. you know, of a large, large bobcat or a panther. Or and, you know, for all we know, it could have been a dogman too. Yeah, and that's because then that following day, January first, nineteen. 54, two more dogs were found dead at a Bladenboro farm. 
Mm-hmm. And on another night of January 2nd, a farmer reported that his dog had been killed. So now here we've got another, another three more dogs. And then two more dogs were found on January 3rd. So here's a creature that in consecutive days, you know, the first, the second, and the third has taken out, you know, these dogs. And you were talking about it a little bit the, as the autopsy was performed. It says there wasn't more than two or three drops of blood. Mm-hmm. Well, the, one of the things like I always tell people, you've got to get your, out of your head the, the part where modern day CSI. Got some, and, some, yeah, I got some feedback. I think it might be on Chris's end. Um, it's, but yeah, they, um, and so back then, I don't really know how they would have the ability to take it and, and estimate that, you know, there's only one or two drops, drops of blood in the entire animal. Yeah. Like technology, said, technology wasn't really far off back in the fifties. I mean, there's, there's probably, I mean, they could have estimated an amount and, and that's probably what they went with because there's no way to really tell without the technology that we have these days in modern medicine. So I, I, w- I would say the two drops of blood was probably just a, an estimate of, of that from, from these, you know, old fifties yeah. coroners that probably were, you know, either lab vets or, you know, maybe worked in a hospital on a night shift and they just did this the other time. Yeah, I, no, I would, I would agree with that because yeah. And then it looks like then on January 5th there, they saw a pet, rabbit that was found cleanly decapitated and still warm january 7th a dead dog was found in a pasture near a swamp mm-hmm. and so now and then i think then apparently um you missed one yeah. you missed one on january 5th too january, there, was a, there was another one january 5th a woman was uh, she was outside she heard like screaming like a screaming cat noise almost like a feline yeah. noise she went outside and, and she saw this thing charging towards her uh her dogs on the porch and then this thing saw her and it started charging towards her and she screamed real loud and ran in her house. And then it ran back off towards the swamps. So this area was a heavily swamp area too. It's, it's not too far from um, the great dismal swamp, I think is, is not too far from Bladenboro as well. And I mean, that swamp goes forever and there's, there's, there's just tons of you know creatures and, and whatnot in that swamp. But yeah, I mean, after that, they had um, the mayor called for a team of 500 hunters plus from Wilmington to come out into the swamp in the woods and try to, because it started becoming like a, you know, a pestilence. People were worried. It was almost like a, you know, mass chaos around this town. Yeah. And that, that one, that account on the January 6th, for me, that noise, like a baby crying, anybody, I came from the West, anybody that hears that baby crying out in the woods, you know, you have a mountain lion. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's one of those where we'll get into it a little later. Um, It's a term called mass hysteria. And I think there was a portion of it. And I think, what she saw was most likely an actual mountain lion, mm-hmm. you know, that, but because of the sub, the words getting out in the community, she's freaked out. And so it's, she sees it and, you know, it's a, the panic sets in. And so I believe in that one. Um, so that, that, so we have, and then we go on there and I think the next account was January 11th where People, um, some people in the cars say they looked. It looked brown and runty type ears, and it was, it was at least four feet long. So I'm wondering, in mine, if that. And I'm going to bring up, hopefully, a photo that's large enough for people to see. And of course, it's not going to be here, but we're gonna, we're gonna bring this up here. I think this is. If anybody can see this entirely small image, I'll describe it. These people, they have two people that are holding up. 
what is pretty much a bobcat. Yep. The likes of the bobcat. And I think that's what. So I'm not sure what. I'm not sure what is going on on Chris's end. <laughs> We're going to take that off right now. It yep. sounds like the whole kitchen just fell. Yeah, it sounded like something like an earthquake happened over there. <laughs> oh my god, that was awesome. <laughs> Yeah. So, the, all, all right, good. we'll get yeah, we'll get back. Yeah. So that yeah, we're we're trying out new sound effects on the show. If you can't tell people, yeah, that's no. That, I'm not sure what was going on there. So, they this is when I alluded to a little bit. Then this is when I think the mass the mass panic and where the the word gets out and everybody starts getting on edge because now mm-hmm. um, when you have the night of January 3rd, police chief Roy Forres, he begins to search with his dogs, but they couldn't find a trail. And then, then it in, now it increases to now what they call the half dozen brave youths and their dogs spend time searching. And then on January 5th, more than 500 people and dogs are now hunting through the woods and swamps with a creature and then on January 6th, now we have more than 800 people that have shown up. Yeah, I mean, we got people from all over. Even, even uh, I think I think a fraternity group from, uh, I think, Duke University or you know, Chapel Hill came to hunt as well. And they were, they were, they, all they wanted to do was they wanted to capture this creature to mount it on their, on their fraternity room. And they didn't even know what they were hunting. They didn't even know what to look for. So they were just kind of walking around blind. They didn't know what was going on. Yeah, that's that was funny. You're just a yeah. flat house trying to hunt something that they don't know what it is because they just I, want to hang it on their wall. Isn't that isn't that the crazy? Because I was when I was one of the shows I was listening to just as we're working today, and the way they described it too is you know you basically had everything from middle schoolers, mm-hmm. middle school age on up, just walking around with weapons, just looking to shoot something. And you think if you've got eight hundred to a thousand people wandering out in the woods here. I mean, it's not a surprise that it got shut down. Well, it was, I mean, it was, it was pretty bad because the mayor at one point, he was telling people not to go outside at night. And he was saying, mm-hmm. if you have, if you have an outhouse, use, use a thunder jug. And that's pretty much, you know, a big, a, a pretty much a uh, nice way of calling a bedpan, a thunder jug. So he yep. was telling people to use a bedpan instead of going to their outhouses, because that's how terrified people were to go out at night. Because this is when this was happening was everything was getting, you know, all the occurrences were happening at night. And I see Brian posted says jaguars have come north several times, so he could have been a jaguar too. Yeah, it's, um, yep, right there, and I'll, I'll put that up on the screen. Yep, that was, uh, yep, that's right. And that's and that's what I'm wondering if on some of these occasions, and that's one of the things that's going to get. Well, awesome, you know, Chris is trying to get back in. Um, <coughs> what we'll what we're going to look at here is definitely on a couple of these occasions i am absolutely convinced what was reported was a mountain lion a cougar and i think that one that described that five foot long black definitely on the on the outset having obviously not been there i would say panther you know that this is a good chance jaguar panther something got up here in this woods but i still to me the part that really sticks out to me is on some of these ones where the heads are torn off, the bodies are crushed, and even some of the lower jaws have been ripped off. And 
anybody that's been around mountain lions, stuff like this, that's not how they feed. They go for the soft tissue first. They take, they take that and they're not, they're not like other carnivores, like lion, you know, where they eat a lot of the carcass. I mean, mountain lions, they like to eat the soft tissue, you know, and it's, if they're starving, they'll eat the rest. But a lot of them, they don't sit here and just consume the entire carcass. Usually that's all other managers, scavengers that come by and pick the bones clean. Yeah. And not only that too, um, Craig, but uh, these mountain lions, panthers, these, these big cats, they'll also take their prey up into a tree or to their lair. They're not going to leave the kill on somebody's porch. They're going to take it with them so they mm-hmm. can feeding on it you know whether it's up in a tree sometimes you'll see you know a deer a, a, a rabbit something a raccoon you'll see something hanging up in a tree that, that's what they do they they carry their prey up in a tree or take it to their lair and they'll eat on it when they want to they're not going to leave it on some on, on the you know on the porch of where they just killed it from so that's it, it, i mean it's possible it might have been a rage killing from that but i don't think so and we'll get um i mean we can get into speculation right now if you want to i mean you continue sure. with that my Myself too. What I, because um, David texted, he's like they won't rip a head off a rabbit and leave it. I'm kind of that same way too. Um, I told Tom and Chris before the show, mm-hmm. one of one of the things for me that I kind of am leaning towards that there's not a lot of CSI. There's not a lot of you know forensic stuff back then. These sometimes they almost like the precursors of a serial killer. Mm-hmm decapitating animals, leaving them for their, you know, doing things to them, basically almost like a, just a ritualistic torture. And it was one of those, did this, you know, did this cause this panic? And people started seeing cougars and started freaking out and going, this is for me, that's definitely a possibility because some of these things, it's just, it's really like that. I I hang up on that rabbit one, just a decapitated head and a rabbit. Just, it's really weird because it's a smaller animal if it was a mountain lion, it's going to eat the whole thing. It's going to tear it up. It's not going to just rip a head off and then just keep on going. They don't. They typically don't kill just to kill. And so you know, they they usually do it because they're hungry. Exactly. Um, but I don't I know what what are your thoughts on that, especially the rabbit angle. I mean that that I one mean, is just, like like you said, it could be a you know my, my possible theory, other than being an uh, animalistic. I think maybe you know back in the fifties there was a lot of cults. 50s there's a lot of cults out there some of these satanic uh cults maybe they were doing um you know they were doing their practices yeah and can you hear me yep i can hear you yep sorry my i had an echo but they were doing their practice out in the woods with their you know rituals uh take taking heads off of uh dogs you know whatever hang them break them take their bones out decapitate drain their blood, use their blood over, you know, pour it over a rock in a fire. I mean, who knows, but it's just, it's, it's like you said, it's, it's, it's too, uh, deteriorated to think that it, it could be, uh, just a panther killing it and le- leaving it, you know, leaving it there and whatever. Yeah. So, Brian about news. It could be the reported size and color and the tearing of John heads. You could be dealing with, uh, I'm not sure how to pronounce that. Yes. Yeah. And it's, um, you know, that's possibility that, yeah, it could be, it could be that, but it also could be something completely unrelated that's doing the killings and that people are seeing the cougars are seeing these things and they're attributing it to this animal. When in fact it could be something like th- another creature that is doing the stuff that's would be, it'd make a little more sense if it was something that was more on the predator of just 
just reach, wreaking havoc and not actually in the process of gaining food. Cause that would make more sense with some of these killings. Cause these, these don't have the, these definitely do not have the mark of something that's eating. Cause especially, especially if animals that size, if it was in fact feeding to have that many consecutive days in a row of attacks, that's, that doesn't, that's not hunger. That's bloodlust. Yeah. It is. I mean, and it very well could have been a Sasquatch. I mean, a lot of dogs and, and, and pets, you know, when they're left outside, they get mauled and, and devoured and just ripped apart by, by a, a, an angry Sasquatch because the dogs are the ones that give them away. So what they're doing, they're shutting the dog up. Well, shut up, dog. I'll rip your head off, smack you apart, rip you apart. But still, mm-hmm. how, does it, has, how, how is the blood getting drained from these, you know, these dead creatures? So something else is there's something else going on to take the blood out. That's that's, that's the question, you know. It also sounds like rabies and oh yeah. By the way, thank um, Brian. Thank you for helping me pronounce it. Yeah, I'm, I don't I don't profess to be an expert. <laughs> no, yeah, no, no one does. Yes. Yeah, the all. rabies reactions and, I, and is that a normal? Um, is that a normal thing for to for a blood? You know, or if we're talking about the blood, you know, thing too, is that something that's a normal reaction to rabies? Maybe depending on the species of animal, and who knows? I mean, everything has different attributes, to, you know, for the different viral infections as a rabies. So it could, it could you know, who knows? It's, yeah, imagine a cryptid with rabies like a Wendigo. That'd be I awesome. Wanna, I want to build a time machine. Let's go back to 1953 and, and Bladenboro, North Carolina. Let's go find out. What? Yeah, not in only that, but just everywhere. All this stuff was yeah. happening around the 1950s. Yeah, the 40s and 50s. You just had, it's like this string of stuff. I don't know. And, it's kind of funny you brought that up because that's one of the things that I've always speculated. Was this because this is the hearkening of the sci-fi era, you know, where people are starting to come out with the monsters. You're starting to come out with, mm-hmm. you're just getting into the TV age where people are actually seeing images as opposed to radio and you're imagining it. I'm one, you know, I'm wondering if this, if that didn't have like a the psychological effect where people see stuff and, you know, imaginations run wild. Very well could be. Cause I, it's, it's one of those, it's so hard when you, especially when you look into these ones, because they, you know, I can't remember off the top of my head. I'm looking for my notes. I can't remember. They did, they went back and I want to say it was, um, oh, what was, I want to say it was a history channel show. They went back and did the investigate, you know, kind of went back and did like an investigation on it. But I mean, what are you going to really find? You know, when you're talking 50 years have gone by, I mean, this, you're not going to find evidence. You're not going to really no. find anything unless. So not, not only that, everything's overgrown. I mean, you know, yeah. the, the water probably re- resurfaced in different areas with the swamp and you got your, you know, uh, marsh and, and just the, the, you know, the creek bottom in area. So and then they developed, I'm sure they developed a lot since 1953 and then Bladenboro. So it's going to look totally different than it was back then so it's not going to be the same there might be a couple resemblance things going on but not much I, I wouldn't say much maybe like the old town hall and the old courthouse building and maybe a couple other historical buildings but everything else is pretty much new and you know, everything's plowed over and you know resurfaced and you know popping up buildings everywhere you know houses food marts walmarts you name it yeah it's in one of those and i said yeah, this this year has taken place fifties and locations. Could we talking a flying humanoid like the Mothman? Yeah, it's and that's I mean that is definitely yes. po- possible. I mean you've got because all across the place you have all of these cryptids, 
of all different things that are popping up. I mean, we're talking everything from the Jersey Devil to, I mean, just you just go down list, and these are all seem to just really just everything from the 30s, 40s, 50s. This just, I mean, you can just see it just it kept stepping up, and then we kind of got to this point of almost, I want to say it's probably like the 70s and 80s when it, it was almost like it hit a peak and then it just started trailing off. And then occasionally you'll, you'll get something that'll pop up, somebody that'll see something. But I've often wondered about that myself. Why is there such a drop off on all these sightings? Is it because people are able to look and say, nah, that's cougar. You know, they're, they're, they're being silenced. Yeah, that, that could be too. You know, Government agencies coming in, these alphabet agencies coming in, talking to eyewitnesses that tell them, you know, you didn't see nothing. They're threatening them. They're threatening their their retirement, their their benefits, their jobs, or you know, their bank accounts. You didn't see nothing, or this is this and this that's going to happen, and we you know we don't care because we're the people to make things go away, and we'll make you go away if we have to, and that's how they roll. Sad but true, you know. Yeah, that's yep. They, um, I said they're popping up everywhere. It's. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, this, I mean, that's another one here, Laura, you know, people didn't have TVs to get clouded by elaborated stories. So if they reported it, they saw it. And that's the thing is that they, they did. And that's one. Yeah. I, I wonder too, if that's because you have the project blue book, you have those infamous ones where we, the last show we talked about, you know, the, the goblins, you know, that was, that was credited to barn owls. Yeah. You know, and it's or great horned owls. Actually, I think it was great horned owls. And yeah. oh, that, yeah. then, they, then they tried to say they were monkeys from a circus that were painted too. Yeah, and it's you know, and you're we've talked about this. You know, people from these areas, they're going to know what a mountain lion looks like too. And so, that's one of those where even though it seems just off the top of your head, you could say ah, mountain lion, panther, but anybody. I said I moved here. I moved down to Florida here, but I moved from Oregon. We saw mountain lions all the time. You know, if I see a mountain lion, I can tell you it's a mountain lion. I mean, I can just from the way the tail moves, from the way it walks. I mean, you can see the tracks. You know, it's a mountain lion. I'm not, I'm not going to be talking some tale of like, oh my god, it was this, you know, cat-like creature that you know with claws. So, I do give some credibility to the story in the fact that people that are in this environment that know these creatures are saying it wasn't the mountain lion. It wasn't a bobcat which takes you back to that photo. So why did those, other than just the publicity of saying, hey, we got it, why did those guys grab the bobcat and string it up that we got the beast? Uh-huh. Let's see if Chris is back this time. Chris. He might be back this I'm time. Back. Yeah, back. There he is. There you go. I still can't see Craig, but I'm back. All right. Well, he just needs to switch internet providers. Is all that as needs long to as there's no more bombs dropping in your studio, you're good. Yeah. That was awesome, by the way. Just a little side note. Whatever that crash was. What happened? It sounded like you did a kitchen remodel. All of a sudden, you just hear this loud crash. <laughs> so, I don't know what happened. Yeah, so it, it's, it's, the, it's the specters on your side. Yeah, somebody, um, yeah, David from Texas is like super soldiers. He was talking about experiments, escape possibility. Yeah, I, that's well, the thing. Okay. Camp Lejeune, Camp Lejeune isn't too far from. It's maybe a hundred miles from Bladenboro, I think, or Camp Lejeune, uh, Fort Bragg. 
all those army military bases, they're not far from, from the, the shoreline and, and Bladenboro. So who knows what they were conjuring up underground in these, you know, these bases back in the 50, maybe they're on the start of something, you know? And Brian, Ben, I, I also says military doing experimental ops with cloaking and extreme energy, like the Philadelphia experiment. I, I could actually lend a lot of, you know, credence to that being the cause that some of these cryptids that we're seeing are stuff that isn't from this world that this somehow they got out. And that's because we did, we talked about the van meter visitor. Here's something that your everyday people that just from all walks, see this creature and then it's gone. They don't see it again. Yeah. So same way with this, this monster. What if this was something that got out, like you said, terrorized the countryside and was captured, you know, they actually collected it. And that's why, it seemingly just um, almost overnight just stops. Not only did it stop, but they also they also called the hunt off because they were worried about all these people running around the woods with guns. You know, back you know back everyone's walking around with double barrel shotgun. Back you know in Bladenboro, North Carolina, they're probably drinking moonshine, walking around the yeah. mar- <laughs> walk around the swamp. You know, swigging back some moonshine. Oh, they they see something. The first thing they see, they're they're raising that barrel and you know pulling that trigger and yeehaw. So who knows? But yeah, I mean- the even town bankers if, dead. Even if something got out, they would you would think there would be some old guy who retired from the military who would say, Back in my day this thing escaped and it ate up a bunch of dogs and and now they captured we captured it and we sent it back to where it belonged. Mm-hmm. But and it's but it'd be just as easy to do that. It's just like it's that crazy drunk guy that, you know. That just talking about you know a- aliens again, you know creatures that have escaped out of, out of the pit, you know, and everybody's just like, oh god, you know. There's Brian again. He's got a good one. We'll put yeah, that up. Yeah, yeah, I'll put that up. That's yeah, the record-breaking size of Chicago are Mothman type creatures. Firm Lab, the first collider is back online. <laughs> I yeah. did see that's that's good to know. I didn't I didn't know about that. Yeah, the first the first Hadron Collider was actually done in Chicago and it's back online. And guess when they're all seeing these new Mothman sightings are in Chicago. Makes you know proofs in the pudding, you know. Good job, Brian. Now wonder if that's one of those you know, and, that, and that's one of those things too, is might have to look into that. Have they had a lot of this type of activity over in at the Hadron Collider? Did one in Switzerland? Because mm-hmm. that's what I'm I wondering do, about. I do. I mean, I guess you'd have, we, we could probably find out doing some, some extensive research, but they're probably going to, it's not the USA, it's another country. So they're probably going to keep stuff like that at bay, you know? Oh, Brian, you don't have to stop, man. No. That's awesome. Brian, you know, Brian, like you're, you're the wizard, sir. Brian, thank you for all the knowledge you bring. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, and that's in, that would be something to look into, too, because if that is the case mm-hmm. where you have, you know, some experiment like this is bringing these things in, that would that would definitely be worth looking into to see if Switzerland has had an uptick in strange, high strangeness reportings, because that, that I don't know. I mean, because we're so center focused on us that I haven't spent a lot of time looking yeah. across, you know, too much other than, you know, cause you hear everybody knows about the Yeti, you know, about stuff like Loch Ness monster, you know about these things, but I don't know of too many people that have gone. Think about it. You got the Swiss Alps. It's a perfect place to put a base in those mountains. 
yep. you know, and maybe and maybe it even goes to a hollow earth like you know the in Antarctica there's a spot where they say you know it'll take you right to hollow earth and the Nazis found it back in the 40s so anything's possible well it's, it's completely unencrypted related but um have you ever seen the abandoned um the mysterious they talk it's a show geared just on abandoned structures mm-hmm. and one of them was this guy bought it this bait the swiss during the world war ii they built an inside the mountain they built a defensive base they weren't supposed to but they actually have gun turrets and everything in the in the mountain oh wow yeah so you have this whole thing i mean i didn't even know this existed and so yeah i mean it would just it'd be well within there's something about the europeans that like building underground they they like building i mean the nazis were huge on underground structures i mean they built underground stuff everywhere Oh yeah, we raided we raided them back in the 45, 44, 45. I mean, we we're finding all kinds of stuff that they yep. had underground, and you know, we we kind of took it and claimed it as ours, and took their scientists, and you know, what do you know? Operation Paperclip comes, and we start shooting rockets into space and taking men to yep. the moon. So, Laura, they're down, they're down in Antarctica. Yes, that's where, they are. Is where they are. That's that's where um, it's get that. And I think did we lose? Nope, there he is. He's back. Chris has got to put more quarters in his machine. I'm not sure what's going on here. Yeah, I'm cutting in and out tonight. So yeah, that's no, it's yeah they. That's a good one. That's um, Brian. You know, talked about it again. They shut down Firm Lab in 2010. Brian, you're going to make me do a show on Firm Lab if you don't stop. Brian, you're going to come on next time too. If if, if yeah, I'm, you're invited, I'm actually you're invited. you're invited, Brian. Yeah. So Brian, if you're open, I might actually reach out to you. I might bring you on, and we may we may talk about Firm Lab. So if, if you're open for that, so just there. That's, so that's, that's actually when they did start talking about the Mandela effect and it makes a lot of sense. Wow. Yeah, that, that's in, I'm, yeah, it, you get to those things and it's, you wonder as we're talking about like the beast, you wonder if the, some of these things aren't government experiments that have escaped. Mm-hmm. Cause I'm, we that's did our, like, one of our first episodes on the Chupacabra. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm, I honestly believe that that was probably something like Doctor Moreau type experiments that yeah. were going on. I was just going to say that. I was just going to say the do- island of Doctor Moreau. And if you remember Long Island, New York, the Montauk Island, that was place was infamous for doing us. Uh, you know, it was it was labeled as the CDC uh, experiment lab, but they were making stuff in that. I mean, you saw that little beak, hairless beak thing on the beach, for, like the picture from twenty years ago. They were they were building stuff. Um, you know, making things underground in those labs that they don't, you know, they're not going to ever talk about. Yeah, it's yeah. So, Brian, yeah, keep safe. And he said he's under a tornado watch. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And while we're talking about, it, you just want to wish the, you know, wish everybody thoughts, prayers, or go out to everybody that was Hurricane Ida. That was that was yeah. devastating. That thing. So everybody, you know, thinking of everybody that's suffering under that. You know, obviously, obviously, hopefully they can start getting power restored in some areas, get people back. Yeah. My good friend medic, he's actually out there. My good friend Rick Lara, lieutenant um, from the um, Texas Cryptid Project and Dark Woods Cryptid, um, Dark Woods Project. He actually he, he's a he's a lieutenant uh, medic, and he's actually they they sent him out to Louisiana to go help out with uh, you know people and take care of them and whatnot because they're just so understaffed. So hearts and prayers goes out to everybody out there. Yeah, and that's uh, let's see what we got right here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it came to, um, one of the episodes in New York. Fisher came out to capture Dogman, took all his SD cards. Got to be a military super soldier. 
I don't, I don't know about the, uh, I haven't looked into to a lot of the super soldier stuff. So that's, that's another one too. That's a good one. That's really good. So if we want to really quick, if you want to yeah. jump back to, yep. let's get back to so these June, June 13th, they, they, they trapped uh trappers. They trapped the Bobcat. It weighed 25 pounds. They hung it from a flagpole in town. And, you know, the mayor pretty much said, this is, this is the beast that's been killing everybody's dogs. A little 25 pound Bobcat that they hung from a flagpole. And uh, pretty much after that, everything settled down and they started doing these, you know, festivals. But like me and you were talking, Craig, like he was using this as a, as a tourist attraction scam. Like, Hey, keep coming, you know, come here, you know, mm-hmm. come, come, come capture the beast or come hang out to the beast fest and, you know, generate money in the town. And that's what they were doing. Kind of like Jaws, you know, when, when Amityville, you know, 4th of July scene, when the mayor's like saying, you know, well, all these people here, who cares about the shark? Oh, I know. <laughs> yeah, um, Boost, you know, the, you've got Bob, you know, who serves as a mascot there, you know, for the for the Beast Fest, like you said. Yeah. And that's, you know, they, and I think one of those, in a way, I'm kind of, it's like the Mothman Festival. Mm-hmm. I actually think it's pretty cool that towns can, you know, take advantage of this in a way to help bolster, you know, the economies for these cities, because this is one of those things that even though, you know, we, we're not going to settle the debate of whether or not it was a cougar or a bobcat or an actual creature, but it's, it's cool that people can still come together, kind of just compare stories, see the things that are mm-hmm. set up. I mean, is there going to be some tourist trap stuff? Of course. I mean, that, that you know, yeah. you're going to have come see, you know, I'll show you the exact site. This is where the dog was decapitated oh, yeah. and you're in, you come back the next year and it's a different place. They'll probably have tractor, you know, tractor tours. They'll pull you on a tractor and show you where the, the path of the beast <laughs> took, yeah. took, took out all these dogs and, you know, that kind of thing for $25 a ride. But I'm sure it's, it's, it's still fun to say you can do that. And I, I'd probably pay the 25 bucks anyway. Just so yeah, I the two guys hold the bobcat with cut out so you can put your own head in there. Yeah. You know, it has the one that's holding up the bobcat. Yeah. yeah it's, no, that's, and that was, that was pretty cool. It's just, it was one of those, and as we're talking about too, is this is one of those ones that definitely highlights some of the issues with mass hysteria, mm-hmm. how things, if not kind of tampered down, it, it can run wild. And this could have likely become an absolute tragedy, you know, to where, like you, you, you said a few minutes ago that you could have had somebody just shooting shotgun and killing people. Mm-hmm. thinking that it was a creature crawling around in the bushes. And, you know, you, you may have actually ended up with, you know, the Beast of Blainboro massacre, you know, where just gunfire just erupts. And, but this one, like some of these accounts, like this one for them, and, you know, with your show, so if somebody comes up to you right now and says, I captured a Bigfoot, you know, and I come up here and I show, and I, I walk up with a photo of me um, stringing up a bear cub. You know, it's it, who who accepted that? Somebody like, did. Somebody did for fifty thousand dollars about ten years ago. If you don't remember that story, no. But I, it's, it's kind of like that. You know, go ahead and tell that story real quick. That's uh, so. Right, if you remember, if not, we can get it on. You know, another time too. Name, I think the guy's name was Rick Dyer, and the other guy's name was Tom. Uh, Tom, I can't think of his last name. But he was, his father was actually the one that was offering a million dollars for the bounty of a, a body. So this, I think this guy, his name was Rick Dyer. He come, he comes to the, they have a freezer and it's a, you know, supposedly it's a dead Bigfoot, and it winds up being just a, a bunch of animal parts 
wrapped up in like a, a fur suit, like a fur monkey suit that they froze and they reveal like the parts while it's frozen in the freezer. And, uh, you know, it wound up being concluded that it was a hoax maybe a couple weeks later, but you know, these guys still got the $50,000 to, you know, come on TV and show, show, uh, you know, a bunch of animal parts in a frozen monkey suit. So, Hey, Oh my more God. Power, more power to them. <laughs> when you're what? about money, when you're about money, when you're about the dollar, that's what you'll do. You'll stoop down to that level to prove something when you can do it the right way. And, and you know, that's that's my that's my take on it. So Yeah, so because you know, you think the Tom you know, Tom Biscardi, that's the guy's name. Tom Biscardi. You you've had to heard that name before. It's been the name does sound familiar. It rings a bell. He was like he was one of those the Bigfoot that goes around the country and paying people to you know, uh, show them whatever he can, the areas where they hunt and he'll, he'll exploit that area and try to hunt the Bigfoot and claim a body from that area. Him and his dad been doing it for years. They, uh, yeah. So. Yeah. Cause I was looking back at the thing. So, I mean, kind of like the example. So if I come to you, like you saw this beast and you've reported what you saw outside and I walk up with a bobcat, why are you accepting that as an answer? You know, because that, that's that's one of the things that sticks out to me to some of these inconsistencies. It's like, you know, you saw a five foot long creature that, you know, huge, you know, not a normal kind of like a distorted feline face. I mean, something it just it was a giant, you know, it didn't look like your normal mountain lion proportion. And then like I said, these two guys just come with a small two foot. Like I said, I think they said 20 to 24 inch high. Yeah, 25 pounds. Yeah, bobcat, and you're like, that's not the one I was taught. Saw it didn't have spots, you know. It, it's, it's like, yeah, and so you know, it, it obviously it did, it had a long tail, it didn't, you know, and so you have all these was, things, you're just like, it was, it was, you know, it was the patsy to take the witch hunt away to make the witch hunt go away. That was the patsy animal they had to kill to make the witch hunt go away, and that and it worked, you know. Everybody calmed down after that. Everyone felt safe again, and everything went back to normal. Not too long after, you know, the little bobcat was was strung up on a pole. Yeah, I just and it's, I said I'm sure many didn't accept the bobcat. They just recoiled and stayed frosty. Yeah, pro- probably. They're sure. probably you, you probably had the guys that you know you, down there at the little coffee shop. So nope, that wasn't the one I saw. You know, and does it keep keep going? <laughs> you know that that's not. You know, and they're like, yeah, that mayor thinks that we we're going to fool for that one. Nope. This <laughs> is, yeah, it's Billy, Billy Bob Cray Cray. <laughs> <laughs> that's a funny comment right there. <laughs> Sorry. No, no, that's, no, that's, yeah. I, it just, I, think, I think, wasn't Andy Griffith um, involved with the whole fact? I've heard something about Andy Griffith had something to do with, you know, this. He, I he might have had something to do with the, his show that he was doing. What, I can't. I could look that. I could look that up real quick. Unless, I'm not. Sure. And we could go back to the 2007 too when it came. Yeah, back. go for go for that while I'm looking that up. I don't have to go. Yeah. Okay. So uh, 2007, it was in Bolivia, North Carolina, which isn't that far. It might be 40, 45 minutes tops from um, Bladenboro. So. See, a guy named was Bill Robertson, and he has he goes outside. His pit bull is laying next to a pole, and he's like going to get it. And he goes, you know, goes check on it, and it's not moving. So he goes, you know, he notices it's dead, and he goes to bury it. He buries it overnight. The next day, the thing is unburied. You know, it dug back up and set in the same spot. So they did a whole new investigation, and um, 
you know, that having his dog attack, they checked and they found a four and a half inch diameter print of like a like a feline cat, like a like a large mountain lion print. So they did some more. I think that was on Monster Quest or something like that when they brought it back. But that was a show I've seen. Kind of, Monster they Quest kind of brought the whole the whole beast of Bladenboro back back into the spotlight from this one encounter. Um, and I think it's sad the guy lost his dog and all, but needless to say, you know, that very well could have been a black, a black Panther because black Panthers have been seen all over the Carolinas over the years. I mean, hunters have seen them throughout the whole state. These things are just being, you know, they always say that there's no, no, no black Panthers in the Carolinas, but too many people that have just come, you know, come to sighting have seen them and, and, you know, spoke about it. So there's no way it can't be impossible because like I said, some things that they say are extinct or not, not, you know, not can't come out into your area. It's, it's this, you know, it's false. It's falsifying statements. These things are coming out everywhere. And just because, you know, one person says it's not true because a government official says, no, is they're just trying to cover it up. In my opinion. Yeah. They uh, looked uh, as you're looking there. I found um, he was, uh, he was from the area. Okay. Yeah. It, and that's, I said, he was a town one. I, I said, there's a couple of, well, get too sidetracked to me because there's like another guy who's in the traveling circus. His his name was Dick the Half Man Hilburn. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> that was quite the, quite the name. He's a tattoo artist. Artist just does. Yeah, but it's was he in like traveling circus or something? Yeah, traveling circus. Um, yeah, it's, here I'll um, I'll I'll bring it up here on screen. It's it's one of this North Carolina ghost.com. and so because here here he is. There's there's Dick Hilburn. Professional tattoo artist. Tattoo artist. Yeah, that's great. Great way to spell it out when you're a tattoo artist, I guess. Yeah. Don't go. Don't go to him for word <laughs> tattoos. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. So he's not. The, he's not the one you want to go to because you want something spelled correctly. Now, do you want to go further back in history? Because I got something else that I found that I pulled up as well. Yeah. Go. Yeah. Go for it. So in the 1920s, they had something called the Beast of Briar Creek in Charlotte, North Carolina, which isn't too far from me. Yes. Briar Creek is probably 10 miles from me. It's a long creek, and it's has some you know has some good woody wooded area. With a, with a long creek that runs around it and it kind of cuts through like an overpass and there's you know there's there's new roads that come around it now but there were similar attacks back in the 1920s and they called it the beast of briar creek and, and that was I'm, i thought that was kind of cool because i live in charlotte and this was in charlotte north carolina so maybe this thing was kind of um maybe it was migrating back and forth maybe it you know i, I mean from 20 to 1953 54 maybe it, it maybe it, it, it had some offspring it died. The offspring, you know, migrated to Bladenboro and towards that area to get away from the Charlotte was starting to get more populated, you know, over the years. So they went to the area that was less populated, which is Bladenboro. Back then, I mean, it was like green acres, you know, mm -hmm. and then that you was have, you have Normie, which was the Lake Norman um, monster. And they say that was come out in the 1990s and Lake Norman's probably 40 minutes from 45 minutes from my house, huge Lake area. They actually have a huge Duke energy plant out there and there's all kinds of sightings of cryptids out in that area. But this, this is a, they call Normie. It's, it's like a crocodile like monster and they even compare it to a plesiosaurus. So I think that's, that's kind of cool too. When there's a lot of stuff going on in North Carolina. Oh yeah. I know. As, as you're talking about that, I was trying to see if I could find a picture for people, but they're not, so what do you think makes North Carolina a hot spot? Because there's a lot of stories around North Carolina. <sighs> well, I do know that Charlotte, uh, someone that I, that I became friends with recently, an older researcher, he actually 
told me there there was a lot of mines in Charlotte. And in the Charlotte region, there was actually a lot of mines that were being done. And they kind of just kind of left the caves and abandoned them and kind of built, you know, set it up and built buildings next to it or on top of it as well. So I, I think with the mines, you got the you got the mines underground. You got all these this water moving around around the mines and then, you know, along the creeks and the, and the valleys and, and whatnot. You have the lake. Um, I'm just thinking everything combined, mountains, lake, food source. You got water for energy, uh, caves, old tunnels to hide out in. I mean, why not? It's, it's perfect environment for anything if you, if you scatter it out. And then you got the mountains when you go towards like Asheville and Rocky Mountain as well. And to, like, mm-hmm. over, over towards like Tennessee area, that whole area is just, you know, bombarded mountains, you name it. And that's where a lot of dogman sightings are as well in the Tennessee area. Bigfoot dogman. I mean, it's just Appalachian Trail. It goes, you know, just one big loop. Now, as we're wrapping, as we're wrapping up here too, one of the things too that I wanted to get with you, um, especially with the North Carolina Krypton Paranormal Project, what is a good rule of thumb for people? You know, is there is there like criteria like when when you take a photograph? something like that to where you can take it and you can, you know, base it on a criteria to where, you know, there's nothing here. Cause you know, you take, take a picture, you know, you see like most people, the pixelated, you know, trees, you see, some people will be like, Oh my God, I see one right there. But then you'll have everybody else. that's like, I don't see a thing. Right. Is, is there a certain criteria that's really good? Like you can use to help gauge people. Like you say, no, uh, unfortunately, I don't see anything here. I know you want to see something, but I don't see it. I'm going to say if you can train your eyes to see what's past what you're supposed to see, like 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 I was told before I was able to kind of not I wouldn't say filter it out, but when you can kind of pick things out to see what you're actually seeing, to see something that's in this picture, look for something that doesn't belong there. Look, look for yeah. something like for like for a branch, you know, look for normal branches, leaves, foliage, but look for that one spot that does not belong. And I'm not talking about pareidolia. Pareidolia is totally different. This will stand out like light and day. Like you can see the shadow. You can see the form of a head. I mean, you can see all kinds. Of, I, I can show you all kinds of pictures that have been shared with me and some that I have as well. When And also with the new editing process with, with the new iPhones, you could you know do 4K shots and you could edit the hell out of these things. You can bring out the hue, you can take out the um, you know the pixelation a little bit, and you can kind of clear it up and, and brush it up a little bit. And you could actually bring these things out and you could see a clearer shot. But my my true opinion is like people try to say like uh you know night not the night vision the infrared or night vision is like a deterrent. Well. Here's my theory. What if you go back and get the old eight millimeter style film that they did with the Kent Patterson Gimlin? That doesn't have any of that kind of. It's just old school, roll, real film. That that, yep. that just. I guarantee you'd be able to catch something really good with that if you used it and you got something that kind of equipment. But like I said, you know, nowadays stuff like that's considered antique and it's really expensive to get a hold of. And if you could find something that still works, you know, more power to you. That would be the best tool to use to find something out in the woods. And then kind of the follow-up and then uh, one real quick ma allen is like do you have a website calendar t-shirts available asking for a friend <laughs> no i i have a I actually have a group it's called north carolina cryptid and paranormal project on facebook i have the same uh you know the, the name of the same i have a um a youtube channel and i, I you know it's not really big it's just a growing channel i just i just do you know i want to get the truth out there i'm not really i'm not trying to be um zach bagans of the crypto 
crypto world. I'm trying to be me and just show people the truth out there and just get, you know, bring the truth to the people because the good, you know, these, these big name corporations, I'm not going to say what, but, um, they're trying to keep things hidden from the, from, you know, the, the, the normal guy, you know, people out in the world. So if we can get the truth out there and get these people woke to what's really going on, whether it's cryptid, whether it's, you know, portals, space, aliens, you name it. It's just, that, that's my plan and my ultimate goal. And I see Brian says, take two, three pictures back to back. Yeah. That's like, that's mm-hmm. how you do it. Take, take multiple shots. And I've also been doing shots where you take your camera, like say you got your camera and, and you, you, you put it on selfie mode and you're in the woods and you got your selfie, you put your camera like that and you pay no attention to it. You take random shots. You might get something like that because you're not looking at it. Your camera sees it, but you're not looking at it. I've gotten some pretty um, feasible pictures just by doing that. And um, yeah, that's a good way to do it as well. And then another one too, is, you know, like people that see stuff like on a normal, like hiking route, they see stuff, you know, a lot of the times they take the same photos. At what point is it, I don't want to say necessary. I go, cause one of the things I'm always like, if somebody walks up to me and says, I saw this, I believe them, you know, right off the bat, I believe them. If they tell me that they see it, hundreds and hundreds of times I've got all these things. I get to the point where myself as a skeptical believer, I, at that point, you should be able to find something physical, a footprint, mm-hmm. you know, hair there should, you know, cause I've seen some people that's like, I see dogmen all the time. I take photos of them all the time. You're like, you go at this point, it's like, for me, really? I'm like, where's the hair? You should be able, if you see them all the time, yeah. there should be some physical proof. Now you can't yeah. just like, all I've got is a, I've got a blurry photo. And that's my proof. I'm like, no, you say you see them all the time. It's laying there taking a nap. I'm like, walk up. You know, you should be able to get a sample. You should be able to record audio, record the breathing. If it's resting, you should be able to hear something. like. And that's where I was wondering, at what point do you feel like that is a necessary step to take in the investigation process? Well, here, here's the flip side to that. Everything isn't always what it seems because, you know, you could be on the flesh and blood. You hear me? Mm-hmm. Yep. You could be on a flesh and blood, uh, you know, boat about this. But at the end of the day, in the long run, you know, there's a lot of quantum physics theories about these things, how they can how they can move around. They can transport, mm-hmm. go into a portal, disappear, go into another dimension. And I'm starting to be on this board from, from all the, the what I've been hearing and just things I've been seeing um as well and people's encounters one thing can go from one spot to one mile in, in like two seconds there's no way it can run that far in two seconds and there's no way when when you have it timed out there's not a second being there because it was dead quiet over there so yeah these things are going through uh, i would say maybe a portal maybe some rifted dimension or jumping you know jumping on the other side of a realm to get on that side and, and i'm actually on that on that uh I'm on that card. I'm not saying I'm playing completely, but it could be both. It could be some have that power, some have that sh- that ability to to alter frequency, vibration, and, and energy. And some of them maybe just you know they're just they don't care about it. They just just basic dull you know McGill McGill Gorilla Grape Ape walking in the woods. Yeah, I just yep. No, okay, no, that's awesome. Yeah, I was just some I was been meaning to ask you last time, and I was just thought oh, cool. this time I'd get her out there because. That's always that one. It's like if somebody's walking out there, takes photos, like, I think I saw something. It's like, to me, I'm like, it's one of those, especially as you want to build a, cre- you know, a credible, mm-hmm. you know, thing. It's just, 
I feel like there has to be like any scientific, there has to be a set, you know, set of, you know, steps that you need to take to gather the evidence, you know, it's almost like chain of custody, you know, to where you can, it helps for somebody who isn't a believer when you can present this stuff, you're like, Oh yeah. Wow. You know, here's, here's this, here's this. I took this, this was the air temperature. You know, you do all this, even in ghost investigations, yeah. if you take all this stuff, it lends more credibility to the thing to somebody that's not a believer that is a skeptic right off the bat. I was told taking out take out an EMF detector too when I go next time I go out, which I haven't got one yet. But I was I'm you know I'm looking in to get one for my equipment to to take out when I do you know any kind of field investigations because they say there's certain areas like say you see a tree a tree break or an X or a bend they say these spots will will generate more EMF uh, you know it's mm-hmm. plain next you know away from it and then you go to that exact spot where you see this structure it's going to generate more emf so I, i'm going to try that out because i've been told many times that it's, it's going to blow your mind away so definitely looking in looking forward to doing that but if you read have you read the um you know the um what's his name ron moorhead have you read his book at all i don't think i have I'm trying quantum, to... if you read the quantum bigfoot i mean once you start putting two and two together everything just starts to make sense if you if you i haven't read it completely but i've read a couple uh chapters into some uh, online and it's, it's amazing it'll blow your mind away if you can get a chance to, to get even if you get an audible version of it it's insane so, okay yeah no i'll write that down so that way to... ron moorhead it's uh you know quantum bigfoot yeah. And this, this, you know, it's the same guy that got the Sierra Sounds back in the seventies out in, uh, was it Montana or Colorado, or maybe even Washington or, or I forget which state it was, but he was the one that got those Sierra Sounds where you hear the, you know, the samurai chatter and what, 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 all that crazy, you know. Mm-hmm. That's oh yeah no. Well, awesome man. So all right, r- real quick. So we'll we'll do the wrap up like we did last time. All right, who who we'll start with you, Tom. Are you a believer in the beast of Bladenboro? Do you think it was an actual creature or do you think this was just a combination of something happened and mass hysteria took over a town? I think something happened and mass hysteria was, was the big factor, but I also think that it was something that, that they didn't know what it was. And they, they probably still won't know what it was because it was just, it was, it was really Mm -hmm. intense because we put all the culprits out there and we put, you know, two and two together and, you, you can't one thing can't do this and the other thing can't do that. So it has to be something that we don't know about or something that just wasn't um, portrayed back then. Pretty much. It could have been encrypted. Yeah. How about you, Chris? Absolutely. I'm a believer. It's things happen so close to military bases in all of our studies. Everything is not too far from bases. And he touched on a very good point when he said that there's a lot of, there's a lot of caves, a lot of rivers, a lot of foliage, a lot of foliage for them to hide. So I'm a believer. I'm going to be like the on the NFL panels when you have that one person that picks the other team. Mm-hmm. I am on the fence to the other side where I think there was this, this is more on the order of they saw something natural, but just under a panic. But I still think there's, you know, like I said, there's a slight possibility. I'm just, I'm not entirely sure on this one just because of, a lot of the accounts, I mean, clearly say five foot long, black, you know, black creature, mm-hmm. you know, I'm like Panther. I mean, I, I'm seeing these creatures here. It's just, it's just the only thing I give you guys like to, for me is some of the stories of like the decapitations that doesn't make sense. And so, you know, as I'm talking here, I might be convincing myself to join the, join the team. 
you know, it's, so yeah, I, I think I'll, I'm going to call myself on the fence. Yeah, it's okay to be biased. I mean, everyone's got their own yeah. opinion on things. And there's nothing yeah. wrong with that because you know a true see- or a, a true researcher has to question everything and and can't really give an answer until you have all the evidence based upon your face to you know base base your answer off of. So there's there's nothing wrong. I mean, I've done that many a times. Just I give you I, I give you credit for going that route. So kudos I, to you, David. I think this might have to be it. Okay, are you Mulder or Scully on this? I think I'm, I, I think I'm Director Skinner. <laughs> yeah, on this one right there. yeah on this one like i said but we got two molders and i said scully's in the room but i i think i'm more you know i'm director skinner <laughs> so all right awesome everybody i really appreciate you know thanks everybody for watching that was that was a lot of fun We're, we'll definitely have to do this again i think um i think, I mean, brian, for, I think brian i'm up for it again but, but um brian has to come on because yeah. brian is like He's an encyclopedia, and he has a lot of encounters with cryptids. And he was actually um, – I'm, I'm sorry, Brian, but I'm going to put you out there. Brian was on Discovery Channel Plus. He was on – I don't know if I mentioned it earlier, but he was on Discovery Channel Plus with uh, Abduction in Hudson Valley where he was on – You know, he, he had his own documentary on there with Al Santariga, and they were do- talking about UFOs, and they were you know showing some kind of – um, tech experiments they were doing out 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 in the field, and they actually brought some UFOs into their area. And they told me that a lot of the stuff that they was really exciting, the show cut out because you know sometimes with these networks, certain things don't fit there. You know, so yeah, you got to have a cutaway. I mean, Bigfoot. If you find Bigfoot, where, what's going to happen to the rest of your show? You can't have any more shows because you found Bigfoot. So, oh, whatever. <laughs> No, I was. I know. I always joked around. It's like that one episode. I think Bobo, he, his favorite thing, where he was laying out all the favorite foods of Bigfoot. Yeah. And I think all he did is he just raided craft service, and he just wanted an excuse to eat on camera. I, is, I, is, I, is I think he was probably stoned out of his mind, and he was just thinking of all the munchies he wanted to get his get yeah, on because he was just, he he was he was a roadie for Sublime. So think about all the drugs he's done. Oh yeah, I mean he had everything. He had bacon. He had all this stuff just laid out. I mean, it, it just these. I mean, I get it. It's you know, it's foraging. You know, it's like campers. You know, you're gonna have this stuff. But I was like, yeah, I'm looking at. It, I'm like, no, nah, that's your favorite snack food. I go, that's. I, I do think bacon might draw them in though. I've I've heard it. I've heard it a couple times. Bacon. If you fry bacon out in the woods, you're gonna bring something in. Whether it's Bigfoot, coyote, wolf, bear, whatever, something's coming to smell that bacon. Because I mean, who doesn't like bacon? One of us hiking in the woods that just decides to become good friends with you. <laughs> yeah. Just don't right, break what... Jack Link's jerky, okay? Oh, I know. Oh, God, those commercials. Those are fantastic. <laughs> I love those things. Yes. All right, Tom. Well, hey, appreciate it, man. Have a, have a great night. Thanks for joining in. We, we'll, we'll do another one of these things, and we'll f- figure out what the next, next one we want to do. We'll Absolutely. look at the list, figure it out. So, all right. That was a beast of Bladen Burrow. Two, two molders and one director Skinner. That's what we got from that one. All right. All right, everybody. So this episode was brought to you by Nanny Cakes. Nancy Burke, we need to bring up the thing here. Hey, there it is. 407-923-2898 is a phone number in the Central Florida area. Or go to Nanny Cakes 407 on Facebook. Mention Three Beards Podcast, and you're going to save 15% on your cake order. Uh, You can have it shipped to you. It's not going to show up pretty, but it's going to taste amazing. Like I said, we'll we'll throw in a custom spork for you too to help you enjoy that. So that doesn't change. Redbubble.com is our Three Beards podcast. We may have to come up with some shirt to do this, you know, for this segment. You know, like that. I 
I think that might be something we have to think about doing. So this show is rebroadcast on Zeno radio app every Thursday night at 10 PM, courtesy of Patriot radio, download the app, look at Patriot radio. And it is brought to you by J and J beard company out of New Jersey. So tell them, you know, thank you for putting us on there. I appreciate that. Um, you can go to patreon.com and uh, adopt one of us beards or just go to Redbubble. Like I said, like I said before, buy some merchandise. We appreciate that. But everybody, social media, just take a quick second to um, subscribe on YouTube, Facebook, like that. Um, Tom Cars, the North Carolina Cryptid and Paranormal Project on Facebook. Go like, go over there, um, click in to join. And I'm sure he's going to accept you with open arms. <laughs> Absolutely. And so they, they I, you guys are almost at 2000. If I'm not mistaken. I think we, I think we, yeah, I, I think it shows 2000, but we're not quite, I think we're maybe 1980 or something like that. Cause the way the algorithm works, Facebook, it's, it's funny, but they'll tell yeah. you 2000, but you really don't have exactly, but I appreciate it. And I really, uh, I've really had a good time tonight and I'm looking forward to doing it again, guys. It was awesome. Oh, awesome. Yeah, no, this is, this is great. No, we have, we have a good time. My bearded brothers, even though I don't have a beard, I'm like you guys. You guys got those brolic, like those brolic, you know, gnarly beards, like like something you yeah. see on a commercial with a guy cutting down a tree with a flannel on. And <laughs> yeah, he's yeah, yeah, afterwards. It's cool shit, you know. I got the chainsaw. Maybe one of these times I'll have it. You know, because I still be. I still brought that with me because I, I was like, I'm like, if I'm going down where there's hurricanes, I'm gonna get I'm gonna get myself. I'm gonna be able to cut me a palm tree. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> So I still have my chainsaw. I, I I got rid of the chaps and all the other gear, you know, because I don't plan on falling too many trees down here. It's paradise. Don't want to cut those down. Y'all have so, a great night. Uh, all right, guys. Have a good night. Like I said, we'll see everybody. Chris, Craig. All right, sir. Thank you very much.